under a pavilion. So we're not in the hot sun, which isn't as hot anymore anyhow, uh, but uh, we're not under the sun. And if it rains, we're still uh, covered and everything's good. So we're there, rain or shine, snow or sleet, um, at least till this point. And uh, so come out and join us. It's, it's a great time. Uh, we've got everything set up so that there's uh, plenty of space between the rows, that type of thing. And we'd love to see you there. Uh, got to see some uh, more people this week that we hadn't seen for a while. So it, it's a great opportunity to come together. And, uh, you know, the weather's turned, so uh, it, it's actually, I think it's more comfortable than being inside. Um, not tonight, but it was then. <laughs> so uh, today is very humid. And um, so Lake Akatink Park, and the best way to get there really is to put in your GPS, Lake Akatink Henning Parking Lot, or Hemming, sorry, Hemming Avenue Parking Lot. Lake Akatink Hemming parking lot because if you go uh, to uh, the pavilion uh, as a direction it'll take you to the wrong side of the park and it's kind of difficult to get around. So um, you can also just look online and if you look online it'll um, show you exactly um, where to go. It does it a lat lawn so it'll put you in the right location. And um, anyhow so we hope to see you there and if not uh, we hope to see you online on Sunday morning. And um, if you'd like to uh, give tonight, you know, it's a, it is a privilege that we have to give. We get to give. We don't have to give. It, it is an uh, opportunity for us to come uh, into partnership with what the Lord is doing and uh, to use some of what He has entrusted to us to help reach people around the world. Somebody said, well, the gospel is free. Yeah, the gospel is free, but it's the communication of the gospel that takes finances. So I was talking with somebody this week that's uh, getting ready to move to another country uh, to minister for the Lord. And, you know, it, 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 it uh, takes finances to do that. It takes finances to, to get over there. It takes finances to um, rent a building and to have space. And so um, even it takes finances for us to rent space in the park. <laughs> Uh, so praise the Lord, but the Lord is providing for us uh, abundantly. He will continue to, and it's increasing, uh, we believe, and uh, we're well able to do everything that the Lord has called us to do. So um, we're very thankful, and um, I'm laughing because sometimes my wife does hands motions, and I can't tell if she's directing me or, or what she's doing. But um, So if you'd like to give, I think they can put that information on the screen. Uh, I think one of the easiest ways to give is just click on the giving link on the website, um, they can uh, put up there if you'd like to mail your gift as well how to do that. I don't want to spend too much time with it tonight. But um, uh, we're so thankful for the opportunity that we have to give. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 6. Uh, I guess I, I told you that you could text it, but I didn't tell you how. You can text it to the number 84321, any amount to 84321. And uh, if you haven't ever done it before, it'll tell you how to set it up. Um, and if you have, you can actually just text the amount. and. Uh, You'll get a confirmation, I think, and then, a, uh, then you can say, yep, and then uh, it's real easy to give. It's probably the easiest, fastest way to give, but um, hallelujah. i got to stop saying, um, I apologize. All right, chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, let's look at verse 6. But this I say, he that sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he that sows bountifully will reap also bountifully. Well, that's saying like you're, you're holding something back or you're sparing. You could really be given more, but you're sparing at it, uh, you know. And um, <laughs> he says, he that sows bountifully or generously will reap how generously. So we decide how we reap by how we sow. 
And so if we sow sparing, we reap sparing. If we sow generously, we, we reap generously. Um, <clears throat> so God doesn't decide how you reap. We decide how we reap. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And that's what I want to look at just for a couple minutes tonight is let every man give as he purposes in his heart. Well, do you know you could take that many ways, but one way you could take it is if you're going to actually give, and he's talking here about sowing a seed, either um, sparing or generous. And he said, I'll multiply your seed sown. So if we're going to sow a seed, uh, we have to purpose in our heart to give. And so as you purpose in your heart, you know what? I'm going to be a giver. I'm not going to be a taker. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to participate in what God is doing in the earth through my giving. And uh, when we do that, then something happens with our heart. So you purpose in your heart that I'm going to be a giver. And then when you purpose in your heart, then it's real easy to figure out the amount. It's real easy to do all of the rest of it because the purpose of your heart is right. So he said, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Or um, every man according as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So he doesn't want us to give grudgingly. We learned about that uh, last Sunday and also last week that grudgingly, uh, Jesus actually said that's with an evil eye and it makes everything about you um, darkness, that you, that you don't have light in what you do. But generosity actually affects how you see the world and how you see God and how you see other people. So it is like a tremendous um, release and a tremendous uh, way to enter into freedom when you're a generous giver. Because generous givers uh, are able to see things differently and they experience life differently. Uh, whether you're giving of your time or your finance, however you're giving, then um, here he's talking about financial seed. But as you give generously, not only do you see different, but then you reap generously. And he said, uh, don't anybody get concerned here because he said, uh, don't give grudgingly or of necessity, give as you purpose in your heart. So the way to not give grudgingly or of necessity is get the purpose in your heart from the Lord. And then it's real easy. Like, no, I'm not grudging to give. You, you may be a little hesitant in the flesh, like, really, Lord, is that really what you want me to give? But you know, wait a minute, uh, you know, so many times, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, Lord, well, uh, uh, maybe uh, you really want me to give that much? Maybe it shouldn't be that much. Maybe it should be like, how about if I give half that? You know, and, and then a lot of times the Lord will say, most of the time, maybe every time, because uh, I get the number from him. And then the Lord said, no, I really want you to give that much. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I learned I just do it quicker because if I don't do it quick, then it's a, a little bit more of a struggle. <laughs> and so um, he wants you to give generously so he can bless you more and more and more and increase you more and more. And it's as you purpose in your heart. So you don't have to give like under compulsion, like you, you feel like I'm, I'm being forced to give. No, that's not what the Bible says. You have the opportunity to give and uh, sow your seed and you give generously, you reap generously. 
God will take care of you. Uh, you'll see different. You'll see people different. You'll see the kingdom different. And it's such a tremendous blessing that we have to give. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, opportunity to hear from your word concerning giving and receiving. We thank you that you have given to us that you supply us, uh, and that you give seed to the sower. Thank you, Father, that we have that guarantee that as we sow our seed into your kingdom, as we purpose in our heart, the purpose that's in our heart, that you multiply our seed that we sow, Father. Thank you for the multiplication that it affects uh, lives and people coming into the kingdom. Thank you that you multiply it and that we always have everything we need in every situation, so much so that we can give into every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give, as you sow your seed. Well, let's get right into our uh, study tonight. And uh, we're in the guide inside on page 160. Probably I'll, I'll, I'll you know, go back to 159 and then, and then we'll go forward from where we left off last week. And I believe that we'll finish this chapter this week. So... Um, you know, we, we went a little longer than we normally do last week, so um, we will try to keep it just a little bit shorter. Uh, and um, we're just so thankful for the opportunity to study the Word together. So I like on page 159 in the middle, it says, uh, you learn their ways. And he's talking about your spouse, your children, or a good friend. The more time you spend with them, the more you learn their ways. Well, God is not just a, 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 a an energy, right? He, he, he is... He is a being, a real being. You could say a person, uh, not human, but a person. He has a personality. Uh, he has a face. He has a backside. You can learn lots of things in it from in the Word of God about him. And uh, so God is real, like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And he is not an it. Uh, sometimes people refer to the Holy Spirit as it. It inspired me. It this, it that. Well, that's not really him. Because he's a him. <laughs> he has a personality. And you can get to know what he is like. And you can become more aware of him and more aware of what he's saying. Or you could be less aware. And uh, I know Dad Hagen uh, would say many times that, uh, you know, there's a lot of believers that wouldn't recognize the Holy Spirit if he walked in with a red top hat on or a red coat on. Uh, he, he just, in other words, he could come in like uh, very boldly and very vividly and many believers wouldn't even recognize uh, that he just came in uh, because they're not used to uh, talking with him and communing with him and recognizing him really. So, uh, but we can do that and we're created to do that once we're born again. We've been recreated in Christ Jesus. And so the recreation life, or the Bible calls it the new creation life, where we've been made a new creature in Christ Jesus in union with Him, and through our union with Him, and by our union with Him, then we have His life and His nature and His Spirit on the inside of us, and He leads us and guides us. So it's really just a matter of us getting acquainted with Him and, you know, as my children grow and get older, the more time I spend with them, the more I get to know them. But the less time I spend with them, I'm like, well, I didn't know you like that, you know, uh, because uh, maybe you didn't spend time with them recently or you just don't know. So same thing with the Spirit of God. And um, sometimes kids grow up and uh, if they don't come back and visit their parents much or call them much, you know, they don't, they don't know, well, mom and dad changed a little bit or the parents don't know the children changed a little bit. 
So if you want to know that, uh, you have to dedicate time uh, to talking with them and to be with them. And when you do that with God, through the presence of His Spirit and by the name of Jesus, you get to know uh, Him personally and intimately and you become so acquainted with his ways. Like we said last week, you know, I know my wife's walk. I know the sound of my wife's walk. Um, I know, um, I was going to say, I know how she smells, but she might not like <laughs> if I say that. You think that many different ways. But, you know, I'm acquainted with attributes of my wife. And I'm acquainted with likes and dislikes. And I'm acquainted with different ways that, that she likes to function and operate. And uh, she's uh, acquainted with some of my ways and, 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 and fun the ways I function and those type of things. And because of that, you know, uh, she could do some things that would irritate me or she could do some things that would bless me, like and invite me. And so uh, she could do some things like uh, I have no interest in getting involved with. And, uh, or she could do things that I want to be involved with. Well, it's the same way with the Lord. Uh, if you find out what He's involved with and you go in that direction, boy, you'll, just, you'll be going with Him and uh, you can walk with Him. He said, bottom of page 159, Likewise, sensitivity to the Spirit of God comes by spending time with Him. It comes by having a life in the Word and a life of praise and worship and prayer. A life in the Word and a life of praise and worship and prayer. Sometimes... People are like, well, I, I got to get in the Word, and you, you get in the Word, and you're kind of like, oh, think about other things, frustrated uh, or pressured maybe, uh, look into other things. You just maybe need to start uh, being like David was in, in Psalm 32. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Uh, I will make my boast in the Lord. And you begin to just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my family, my children. Thank you that you provide for us. Uh, thank you uh, for a warm house in the winter and a cool house in the summer. Thank you, Lord, for uh, transportation, that we have uh, transportation. We can uh, go different places. Thank you for provision. Uh, and you just begin to, uh, even just some very sh shallow, natural things that are kind of important to our way of life and, and functioning and working and, and uh, those type of things. You just begin to thank the Lord. And then you begin to go from that place and you go a little deeper. Lord, thank you that you have redeemed me. You bought me. You, you took me out of darkness and put me into light. You took me out of death and brought me into life itself. You took me out of um, bondage where I was tied up and the enemy had control over me and you set me free from him and you allowed me to live. And so you just begin to praise the Lord and, uh, you know, that turns the enemy around because he doesn't know how to handle that. And, but what it not only affects the enemy, it affects you so that you become more conscious of him. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, another great way to do that is just to take some time and pray in the spirit. Uh, that's in other tongues. You just yield your tongue to the Lord. And the Corinthians, Paul tells us that those words don't come from you. They come from him, but you speak them out. And so uh, and it, that we don't speak to men, but we speak to God. So somebody said, you know, like, uh, you know, well, in the day of Pentecost, tongues was just for that day so they could uh, preach the gospel in multiple languages. Well, it doesn't say that they actually preached in those languages. It says they heard in those languages. And on top of that, then um, Paul said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God, because no man understands him. 
And so uh, then what you're going to do about that, because Paul's saying you're not speaking to men when you're speaking in other tongues, you're speaking to God. And so uh, tongues are for this dispensation or this period of time on the earth, how God is dealing with mankind. And it must be, they must be very important because they're not in the other dispensations. And uh, so after this, well, they're going to cease, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13. Tongues will cease, but they haven't ceased now yet. And uh, they're very necessary. I love Isaiah 28, 11 that says, With uh, stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people yet they would not hear. Before that he said, this is the rest, this is the refreshing. And so sometimes people don't want to hear it, but it is the Bible and it is true. And if you pray in other tongues, boy, your spirit is built up, is charged up, just like you'd charge a battery. Praying in other tongues is, is vital. And praying in other tongues will get you more conscious of spiritual things. It gets your tongue hooked up with the Spirit of God and your own spirit in a yielded um, demeanor to the Lord. In other words, your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you prays, one translation says. Well, in order to do that, to let your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you pray, you have to um, engage your spirit and engage and yield your body and your mind to your spirit. You're not praying through your mind, but your mind has to get quiet and get calm so that your spirit can pray things your mind doesn't even know about. So you can go beyond your mind. Yeah, you can get beyond that. It's a spiritual exercise. So when we pray in, a, in, a, in the spirit, it really tunes us up and gets us in a place similar like praise and worship in, in English to hear from God. Uh, even when you pray in the spirit, it says we magnify the Lord. Sometimes I just, you know, I praise the Lord in English, but then I'll just go right over and praise him in other tongues. And I'll just magnify him like with a, a perfect magnification. Now, I had an experience um, about this one time. Melody and I, uh, in 2005, we were in the Philippines. And uh, we visited three churches, four churches actually. And the third church, uh, fourth church that we visited, the, um, we were praying for people at end of service. Uh, that, that one in prayer, and uh, we pray for people also to be filled with the Spirit. And this young girl, precious girl, uh, she came up to be filled with the Spirit, and so we laid hands on her and prayed for her. And uh, she began uh, praising the Lord in the most beautiful praise I've, I've ever heard. It was just wonderful. And so much so that I just didn't want to interrupt her. And so I just stood there for a second and listened to her. And um, in this particular church, it was uh, on uh, one of the southern islands. And so they, on that island, not as many people spoke English. So we needed an interpreter for um, uh, the services. So uh, this girl, though, I didn't realize she didn't speak English. And so she's there just praising the Lord. And I thought, that's the most beautiful. Like, she is, like, fully engaged. And I'm like... In my head, I'm kind of like, I'm shocked when she's, if she's worshiping the Lord like that, that she just didn't immediately receive and get, begin to speak in other tongues because she is like in the flow, you know? And um, so I, I kind of stopped her and I said, okay, now what I want you to do is speak in a language, uh, you know, that you don't know. And so she stopped and then she started praising again. It was so beautiful. And I was, went to interrupt her a third time. And the pastor's wife tapped me on the shoulder and she whispered in my ear and she said, she doesn't speak English. <laughs> I said, oh, you got it. <laughs> well, it was weird because, you know, as, as you develop in these things, I knew in my spirit that she had it, but my head overrode that. 
my head was like, well, yeah, but she's speaking in English, so she must not have it. And uh, sometimes as we go on here in the chapter, that's what he's saying is, you know, you, you have a, it seems good to me in the Holy Spirit, but your head a lot of times will try to override it, especially if you haven't um, worked in that arena or functioned in that arena very much. And so you'll become more unfamiliar. And because of that, sometimes your head will uh, keep you out of some of the deeper things of God. So this young lady, she was, she was filled and the language she began to speak in was English. And it was beautiful. I wish I had recorded it. I'd love to play it for you. But I didn't. Uh, that was before I had a phone that recorded. So, um, you know, praying in other tongues praising and worshiping the Lord, they get us conditioned and positioned to hear from God and to follow the leading of the Spirit because they get us more aware and more focused on the Spirit of the Lord. Page 161, um, he said, I found myself in life really struggling to make a decision. Uh, when I do that, it helps me to pull myself away and pray in the Holy Spirit for about an hour. Why? Uh, because he said... Uh, then I can see how the direction settles within me while I'm praying. I've had plans or directions that seem so wrong and sound so dumb when I think about them, but as I pray in the Holy Ghost, the same plans or directions seem so right. You ever been in a service uh, where you come together to, to worship the Lord and hear the Word, and all of a sudden, just things that you've been contemplating, direction that you've been wondering about, it becomes so crystal clear. Well, I always encourage you, write that down because you're, you're in the atmosphere where God has freedom to speak and to reveal. And um, there can be many reasons for that, but that's not the subject that we're ministering on tonight. But don't let that slip. Then if you, you get away and it's not there, then just go right back in your own personal time with the Lord and get in His presence and uh, pray in other tongues uh, and then become aware of his leading so that you're not making just a mental decision, but you're making a heartfelt spirit decision to follow the Lord and do what he's directing you. He said, when I would leave my prayer closet and get busy, it would seem wrong again. But as I would go back and pray and get in the presence of the Lord, it would seem right. I got a lot by, uh, I go a lot by what it seems like when I'm in the presence of God. And so some people are spiritually depleted and uh, they're not in the word and they're not in prayer and they're making life changing decisions. That's not a good time to make a life changing decision. It's not a good time to move across the country, not a good time to change jobs. Uh, you need to uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, all these type of things will be added to you so that you're making a position, uh, excuse me, a decision in faith, and faith is a response to what God has revealed to you. Faith is a response, your response to what God has revealed to you, uh, your positive response to what God has revealed to you, because God could reveal something to you, and your response is no. Well, that's not an act of faith. That's not an act of trusting God. But when God reveals something to you and gives you direction and you act in in agreement with that direction, with what he has shown you, then that is an act of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we know that then if it's impossible to please him, God would never design a plan for your life that didn't require you to live by faith. So his plan for you and for me requires us to trust him. And when we trust him, oh, it's like a, a, a life of adventure. 
And so we get to see things other people that don't live by faith don't get to see. We get to experience things they wouldn't experience. It is a thrill to live by faith. Some people like uh, want a thrill to jump out of an airplane. That might be fun. Uh, but this is a greater thrill when you live by faith because uh, you can get just as exhilarated because you're like, how's this going to happen? Oh, is it, you know, you're thinking it's all going to fall apart or what if the parachute doesn't open? You know, but go, sure enough, you trust the Lord. That parachute always opens. He makes a way and, and you get to live uh, a life of adventure. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. Uh, we may uh, see things and feel things, but we don't let that be the final word or the final decision in our life. The final word and the final decision uh, in our life comes from the Lord. And so, and then the word comes from the Lord and then we decide just to follow him uh, and respond to that word. And that is an act of faith. Obedience is, is an act of faith. So he said, I go a lot by uh, what it seems like when I'm in the presence of the Lord. There's many voices in the world, and none of them are without signification. 1 Corinthians 14.10 There is a voice of the flesh, and there is a voice of the devil. There is the voice of public opinion. Hey, what do you think I should do? Hey, what, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, and now you can do it electronically. You can say, hey Siri. Oh, I shouldn't do that. My phone might not. <laughs> what do you think I should... What do you think I should do? Hey, Siri, do you think I should move uh, to the North Pole, right? Hey, Siri, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, public opinion, uh, electronic opinion, I'm adding to his book here. There is the voice of a friend. Uh, sometimes you might, you might talk to a friend and say, hey, what do you think I should do? There is the voice of family. Uh, family can have, and many times does have, many different opinions about what you should do. And the awesome thing about family is they don't normally hesitate to tell you those opinions. There is the voice of the doctor. There is the voice of the banker. Uh, but there is no voice as significant as the leading of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, as he calls him. There is no voice as significant as the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can let all, if we let all these other voices run our lives, we'll miss God most of the time. If we learn to follow the inward witness, we can follow God all the time. It's a privilege we have to follow the inward witness um, and to be led by him and to tune into his voice. All right, let's go to the it seems good section, which is on page 162. And um, many times we're, we're looking for a voice or a really distinct leading, but uh, the greatest leading we have so many times is it seemed good to me and to the Holy Spirit. In other words, to the real me, my spirit, when I look to my spirit, it seemed good to my spirit. And when I look there, I, I, I am conscious of the Holy Spirit, so it also seemed good to him. Acts 15, 25 through 28 says, It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord uh, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. See verse 28, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And interesting, he didn't really bring this out, I don't believe, but he said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Well, he did bring that out. <laughs> but he said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. 
you know what that tells us? That tells us, I'll give you time to, to respond. That tells us that we can be and ought to be conscious of what seems good to the Spirit of God. In other words, Paul talks about grieving the Spirit, but here he talks about the things that seem good to the Holy Spirit. So if we look to him, we can find out, hey, he'll be like, yeah, that's good. This is the right thing. That's good to me. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So we should be conscious of what seems good to the Holy Spirit. Well, that means in order to be conscious of what seems good to the Holy Spirit, we can't be self-focused and we can't be others-focused. We have to be Spirit of God-focused and God-focused and Jesus-focused. Well, God and Jesus-focused because the Holy Spirit, He'll speak nothing of Himself, Jesus told us in John, but whatever He hears, that will He speak. So it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, meaning you and I as believers, not superstars, but believers, we can know and if we look to him, we will know what seems good to him and what doesn't seem good to him. Um, every one of the church leaders were full of the Holy Spirit and they were saying, this is good, seems good to us. So every single one of them knew it. Uh, he said here, did God speak in a booming audible voice? No, when they needed direction like never before, it all came down to these church leaders, every single one of them, full of the Holy Spirit, saying it just seemed good to us. And he, he didn't really quote the whole thing there, and to the Holy Spirit. So every single one of them said it seemed good to us in the Holy Ghost. So um, amazing. I love that, that God lets us in on that intimate part of himself. Uh, and the intimate part of himself is his spirit. We learned that in Corinthians, that... Uh, you know, what man knows the things of a, the, of a man except the spirit of man that's in him. Even so, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And so he lets us in on this most intimate part of himself, his own spirit. And there we can know what seems good to his spirit. And we can know what grieves his spirit so that we don't grieve him. And we walk in ways that seem good to the Holy Spirit. And if the ways that we walk in seem good to the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, they will seem good to your spirit. Your flesh might be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, your flesh might be like a little resistant, but don't let the flesh rule you. You're not a wimp. You're not a coward. You are a courageous, filled, Holy Spirit, in Christ conquering believer who is not under the power of the devil to, to, have, to have to do what he wants you to do. You have complete freedom in Christ to not yield to the enemy, to not yield to the flesh, to not be dominated by him, the devil, or his thoughts, or his ways, or his temptations. In fact, Jesus said, there is no temptation uh, such as common to man, but what God will make a way of escape for you. God will make a way of escape for you. I don't think Jesus said that, but the Bible says that. And so, but God will make a way of escape for you. So it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit or to the Holy Spirit and to us. Have you ever gotten ready 
he said on 163, to go somewhere and thought, it just seems like I shouldn't go. Yes, but I don't hear from God well enough to know whether I should, should or shouldn't go. Somebody says, yes, you do. You just said, it seems like I shouldn't go, right? And so we're looking for something clear and definite and distinct, but many times it's just the seems like. It, I don't know, it just seems like I shouldn't do that. Why, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you uh, go on that trip? It, I don't know, it just seemed like I shouldn't go. It just seemed like it wasn't the right thing. It just seems like. You know how many people uh, on 9-11, it just didn't seem like they should go to work that day and they are alive today because they followed that it just seemed like. It just seems like. Actually, this principle um, would work for us often, more often, if we wouldn't reason ourselves out of it. Sometimes right out of our spirits, we say, it just seems like I should do this, or it just seems like I should not do that. Then our head fires questions at us like, why'd you do that? How come? Why not? Give me 10 reasons, right? <laughs> and so I've had that happen where you, you just like, you have a, it just seems like we should do this. And then you start to think and process and reason. And because um, I like how Mark Hankins uh, has said it before, Pastor Mark, he said, uh, many people don't have faith any further than what reason will allow. In other words, they, as long as the Lord is leading in line with their reasoning, they'll do it. Well, boy, you know, really, that's just someone that is dominated by pride uh, and self-centeredness because they're saying, if I can't understand it in my reasoning ability, I'm not going to do it. Well, that, that is not a statement of someone who is trusting God. That is a statement of someone who is trusting themselves or trusting their ability to reason things out or trusting what someone, someone else uh, has figured out but, uh, and that someone else not being the Lord. And so um, faith is in the unseen realm, but faith is more solid than the seen realm because faith comes from God and God created everything that we do see. Our head can talk us right out of God's direction if we let it. That's why we need to fine-tune our spirits so when we have an inward witness, we recognize it, follow it, and benefit from it, just like the early church did. Even Luke, uh, in writing the Gospel of Luke, you know, Luke was not one of the 12 apostles, uh, but he had traveled with Jesus. And so in verse 1 through 4, he said right here, "...inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered through them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you, an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. He said, it seemed good to me also, let me finish with verse 4, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. So he wanted us to know the certainty of the things that we're instructed in. So he said, it seemed good to me also to write this orderly account. So he wrote the Gospel of Luke on it seemed good to me also. It seemed good to me also. In other words, when I checked in my spirit, there was a yes, it seemed good, right? Yes, that's what you ought to do. Luke simply said it seemed good to him. The apostle Peter said later on that it seemed good to him to visit all the churches in Acts chapter 15. He took a, a mega missions trip um, based on it seems good to me. 
He went to all these places on It Seemed Good to Me. Well, you may say, well, uh, that's not that big a deal. Well, it's a little bit of a deal even today, uh, traveling to all these different places. But imagine it what, for what it was in Peter's day, uh, all, the pla- all the difficulties in traveling, the time and, and um, preparation, everything that you needed to do. You had to check the weather. If you're going to go by sea, you really had to make sure there weren't big storms coming oh, for months at a time. And so uh, it, it seemed good, and he went by that. In fact, uh, it's probably kept a lot of us out of trouble, he said. He, that tells me that we, when we consider it seems good, we can consider that a genuine leading of the Spirit. And when we do, um, it keep, it'll keep you out of trouble. He said, suppose you were driving down the road and it just seemed like you should go a different route. Would you want it? Why would I want to do that? It'll take me longer. It, it might turn out to, to be a really good thing you did. Who knows what you avoided? Maybe you're getting ready to go somewhere and suddenly it just seems like you ought to wait 10 minutes before you leave. I can't do that, somebody says. I'll miss my appointment. Well, maybe God's trying to protect you from an accident. Maybe God's trying to save your life. Yeah, but I followed a leading like that one time and nothing happened. Great, that's the whole point, right? <laughs> uh, and so, like we mentioned, 9-11, uh, people did that. And um, even I, I know this, uh, Kenneth Hagin uh, told about this minister and his wife who were leaving uh, on a trip. And uh, they were like, well, we got to keep to the schedule. And really, uh, the husband was waiting in the car for his wife. And she was doing whatever it is uh, women do that takes a while to get ready to go. And... Um, you know, finishing up a few things and stuff like that. And so as soon as she got in the car, they just they just left. And boy, they got a little ways down the road and went around this sharp corner and there was an accident and they were going so fast they weren't able to stop and they got in an accident themselves and his wife was got in the hospital. And uh, he was talking to the Lord about it afterwards. Lord, why didn't, uh, why didn't you warn me? Why did this happen? Because before we left, I spoke the word, you know, that of protection and of faith that we would be protected. Yet we got in an accident. Well, and uh, the, the Lord said to him, well, what did I say to you? And he said, well, I had this uh, on the inside, or really, I, th- I guess when he was telling Brother Hagin the story, he said, I had this on the inside that I shouldn't go, uh, that I should just wait. But I spoke the, w- the words of faith. So I said, well, I'm just going to go. Well, the, the, if they had waited 10 minutes, they would have had, there was a police car there 10 minutes after he was there before the corner, so everybody could see and slow down and not hit the, the other people. So he would have totally avoided the accident if he had followed the leading of the Spirit. So that's why I like to say that you really can't separate walking by faith from being led by the Spirit of God because the two really go together. And you're really not acting in faith because faith is now if you're not acting on what you currently hear from the Lord. So yeah, you may have uh, Psalm 91, and you may have uh, the declaration, no accident will overtake us. But when you're saying that, are you just saying it out of your own strength and ability? Or are you looking to the Lord as you quote that scripture? Because if you are, I guarantee you if that minister was, he would have been like, okay, Lord, how come I can't say that? Like, what? How come I still feel like I can't leave right now? Because the Lord is giving him um, direction so that he can have protection. And uh, so many times, well, we just want to, well, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to wait. You know, what difference does it make? I have authority. Well, our authority is found in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're not to go out of bounds and just do things on our own. 
we do it under his authority in his name. And if he's prompting us, hey, hold off, don't do this right now. And we're like, well, I'm just going to do it because I can do it. Uh, we're kind of saying, you're not really my Lord, at least not right now. I'm just going to do what I want. Well, we would never really say that, but our actions communicate that. <clears throat> so uh, a life of faith is totally relying upon the Lord and the leading of the Lord. And so just, just humble yourself, stay humble under the mighty hand of God. He'll lead, He'll guide, He'll direct, He'll show you the way. And so um, God leads and guides us. We just many times aren't conscious of it. He went on to say at the bottom of that page, sometimes people say, well, God never speaks to me. Um, I never hear Him. And um, he said, then a lot of times you ask him, uh, what'd you do yesterday? And they actually say, well, it was actually kind of weird. I headed here and uh, went to go out the door and I seemed like I shouldn't go. God never leads me though. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like that was the leading of the Lord. And uh, it wouldn't always be that way, but many times it is. And so the Lord leads and guides and we just have to tune, tune to his station, so to speak, so that we know um, what he's saying. Then he talks about sensitized by praise and worship, which we already discussed. And, uh, you know, I think the final thing that we'll do tonight is an inward magnet. He said, uh, one way we can describe the inward witness is to say, it will seem like a giant magnet on the inside that gently pulls in a certain direction. It's a witness in our spirits that we may, uh, may not make sense to our minds, but it's really clear in our spirits. In other words, that's why sometimes these things are kind of like indistinct because our spirits know. Uh, and as we are yielded to the Spirit, we'll find ourselves, some people describe it as unconsciously led by the Spirit. Well, if you stay full of the Holy Spirit, you are more conscious of Him than other things. And as you do that, you're so yielded to Him, you'll find yourself being led. And before you recognize, you'll be like, oh, oh, I wonder why I did that. And you're like, oh, that must be the Lord. That must be the leading of the Lord. Kenneth Hagin, I know, when he was being taught concerning this, the, the Lord uh, actually appeared to him in, in a vision, talked to him about how to be loved by the Spirit. And uh, one of the things that he said was, he said, you remember like a few months ago, uh, you, you were uh, kind of going to go preach at this church, and uh, every time you sat down uh, to write the letter, to accept their invitation to speak at this larger church, uh, what did you do? He's like, well, I crumbled it up and threw it in the trash and walked away. He said, yeah, that was a check. That's me telling you don't go there. That's, you're not supposed to go there. And he said, but every time you thought about this little church, you had that real, um, um, what did he, how did he describe it? I think a velvety feeling, which meant like, uh, not a feeling, but a sense. Like you'd think about it and it's like, yeah, that seems good. It seems good to me. Yeah, that's right. But then his head would be like, that's such a small church. And so then he wouldn't call and connect with them. And so that was the leading of the Lord. And as he was just yielded to the Spirit, but he's like, okay, well, I need to tell this pastor that I'm coming because he's been asking me to come, so I'm going to write him. So he had this, this time pressure, so he's doing it. But as he's doing it, then all of a sudden, he just decides unconsciously, led by the Spirit, he, he, before he realized what he's doing, he crumbles it up and throws it in the trash. <laughs> and uh, he did that like three different times. And so... The Lord was trying to communicate with him and he was um, conditioned and used to yielding to the Spirit so he would write in the flesh what he wanted to write and then throw it away because <laughs> he'd yield to the Spirit, you know. And so uh, the Lord leads and guides us. He shows us the way. We're his children. We know his voice and uh, 
we don't follow uh, the voice of a stranger. He gives a couple of examples of uh, buying a house, buying a car, where he was going to go buy a car, had this car all picked out, and they start to go there, and then they just had a, a check like, this is not right, but yet they had everything uh, prearranged, and then the, I think a few nights later they were driving around town at night, and they saw this car, and they just had something go off in, in his spirit, and they're like, whoa, we should, we should, we should buy that car. And uh, when they did, they're kind of like, he's, his head kicked in. Well, you don't know anything about that car. He said he was like a, a little bit, had a little mechanical ability, but he knew nothing about that car. He said he didn't even know how he could open the hood on that car, where the latch was or anything like that. And so his head was like, no, you can't buy that car. You know nothing about that car. What about this? What about that? Well, um, they ended up buying that car, and it was a tremendous blessing. That car had just shown up on the lot the night that they saw it. They had just got it in on a trade. It was a tremendous blessing, and the car he wanted was a diesel engine, which I like diesel engines, but this one particularly, uh, they found out after that that those diesels had a manufacturing defect, and they became like worth nothing, and they were just a huge trouble and hassle and expense to have. So the Lord, even in something as trivial as a car, uh, protected him and led him and, and guided him. And so same thing with the house. They were looking at this house to buy, and, uh, you know, they didn't know, but there was a highway getting ready to go right through by that house, and they would have lost a ton of money in equity on that house because uh, the road's going through, then nobody wanted to live in it. you got a much smaller pool of people that are willing to live that close to the road. And uh, plus, the Lord wanted him to have a bigger house because he knew what was going to happen in the ministry, and their offices were at the house. So even in natural things that aren't life and death, but their blessings, uh, you know, the Lord will lead you and guide you. In fact, he told Kenneth Hagin one time, if you be led by my spirit, I'll make you rich. I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. In other words, he doesn't want everything your goal and that you have this strong desire above all other desires to just have finance and have wealth. He wants you uh, to feed on the word, pray in the spirit, be full of him, yield to him, and he will bless you and he'll take care of you. And as you yield to the Spirit and follow him, he'll make sure that you are abundantly supplied. God is good all the time and he's always looking out for our best. He leads us, he guides us. Uh, we know him, we know his voice. Uh, we don't follow strange voices, but we follow the voice of God himself. And your own spirit is acquainted with that voice and your own spirit responds to that voice. And you know when it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to your own spirit. And when that is the case, you just go right with that. If you got that it doesn't seem good and there's something wrong and it's like uneasiness and uh, like a check like we call it, well, boy, you better hold on, pray, seek the Lord, find out, okay, Lord, what's going on? I thought that was the direction I was supposed to go, but right now I have an uneasiness, not in my head, but in my heart. And uh, I want to find out what this is or... Uh, you show me the direction I ought to go, all right? Well, praise the Lord. Uh, we're so thankful uh, for the Word of God and the opportunity to, to study the Word together. Uh, we'll, we'll probably pick up with chapter 12 next week on page 175 if, if you want to um, prepare ahead of time. And we'll go through that. We won't be too many more weeks on uh, this book. And uh, I believe maybe by October we'll, we'll be starting something else. And so we're so uh, grateful to take this time just to look at the leading of the Lord, maybe from a, a different voice uh, of a minister than what you have uh, 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 
read from or heard from before, uh, just to kind of give you a different perspective, a different window on it. We really started this lesson, uh, this book, in order to be able to do it together, uh, but then COVID happened. So once we're back together uh, midweek again, we will probably do another study or uh, something uh, of that effect, at least for a period of time, so we can get some more discussion going. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching tonight and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, we don't come into the family of God automatically. Uh, what happens actually is we're born into sin, and because of that, we have to be made new creatures in Christ Jesus in order to become part of the family of God, in order to go to heaven when we pass away. It's not just about when we pass away, because you get free from the power of the enemy now. And uh, it's, it's the best decision you'll make in your life. If you've never accepted Jesus, you can do that right here uh, tonight. You can just receive him and your whole life will be changed. You'll actually get the very nature of God living on the inside of you and the very life of God on the inside of you. And you'll be made brand new on the inside. Uh, Romans chapter 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, what's the point of him raising him from the dead? Uh, just that he gets to live? Uh, no, when he rose from the dead, we were with him. The sins of mankind were completely done and finished and conquered and new life came through him. The Bible says he's the firstborn of a new species or a new generation of beings. And we get to partake of that new generation, that new species, and, and we get to partake of his nature. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I want to ask you right now, just pray a simple prayer with me. I'm going to pray a prayer from the Word of God, and you just repeat after me, but say it from your heart. Uh, with the heart is where you believe. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, but with the heart, man believes. And so this is what we're going to do. Just pray with me if you'd like to receive Jesus. Say, oh God, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross to remove my sins. And I believe that you rose him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I am now in your family and you are now my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you have just been recreated in Christ Jesus. We want to get you some materials. I'd love to get your name so we can be praying with you and for you. You can just fill out the form on the screen or send us an email, info at anchordc.org. Just uh, give us your uh, name if you're sending the email. And on the form, you can fill out uh, the information that's on the form there. We're not going to send you a bunch of junk mail. We want to be a help and aid, help you find a church in your area if you're not in our area. And if you're in our area, uh, We'd love for you to join with us, and if for some reason you, you have received Christ but you don't want to join with us, we'll help you find another great church in the area. Uh, God is a good God, and uh, He loves you so much. We're so thankful that you made this decision that you're a part of God's family. But we want to get you started right in the family of God, so we want to be a help and an aid to you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again on Sunday morning at 1030. We'll be in person at Lake Akatink Park. That's in Springfield, Virginia. And uh, if you can't join us there, you can join us online uh, at 1030 Sunday morning Eastern Time. You can also join us back here next Wednesday night at 7 p.m. God bless you. Have a great night.